networker is like a great interviewer. I'm huge on authenticity, guys. Um, you know, it's a big part of, of, of my message. Claim your local listings and don't get caught um, paying someone for your local listing. If you want to be successful, you got to do six things a thousand times. Not a thousand things, six times. And when in doubt, give to other people and don't expect anything in return. But in giving to other people and helping them, it almost always comes back. It's using the power of partnership, creating trusted partner networks to work with you to make your company be an offer more than just you. They've done 90% of the work. It's your job to do the last 10% to meet them in the middle. Don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ask Valor Masterminds podcast, brought to you by A Advanced Septic Services and Fuse Networks. My name is Galen. And I'm Joe. We're coming at you virtually from the BD Local Studios in Tacoma, Washington. So Joe, for our new listeners and viewers tuning in or listening, downloading our podcast, how did our podcast come to be? Sure. So it first started out as a Facebook group page, and the purpose was to bring business owners together to kind of just talk and communicate and ask questions and share tips with one another. And so we thought what a better idea than it would be to start a podcast to bring on different guest speakers to talk about different topics, all related to being in business. Awesome. So our, our previous guest, we had Mr. Scott Carson on, um, and he was a real estate guy. So there's a ton of real estate people who have podcasts are online, but the topic was really how to niche to your audience. And one of the main takeaways I had was your audience doesn't need to know everything. Oftentimes people try to just squeeze so much information in and then you get lost. He's really specific on the audience he caters to. He's done, been really successful. So if you want to learn more, check out that previous episode of that. So Joe, our guest today from halfway across the world, Mr. Desmond Dixon, uh, start us off with Mr. Dixon's uh, formal intro, please. Sure. Desmond has over $5 million in sales experience with personal enrollments in the thousands. He has worked in numerous industries and has brought his marketing and sales philosophy into a number of organizations. He first began his career in a corporate company where he went from an intern to one of the top sales professionals in the region. After realizing the power of empathy he left the corporate space to train and facilitate professional development in the workplace. Desmond is currently building a fast-growing sales team and an international startup, a venture digital marketing agency, and a podcast show, Campfire Capitalism, about entrepreneurship and capitalism. Everyone, welcome Desmond. What's up, everyone? Desmond's in the house. Let's, let's have some fun and talk sales. All right. So I, I mentioned that you're halfway across the world. For everyone out there listening, where in the world are you now? At this current recording, I'm in Bali, Indonesia. So one of those bucket list items. And I'm, I'm hanging out here in the, the jungles of Abud and, you know, taking weekend trips on the, in the cliff and like Uluwatu and Lombok and Gili Gili Islands and things like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, before we get started, uh, something we're really proud of is our hashtag Valor Cares promotion. Joe, quick shout out about our promotion, please. Yeah, so... Started a couple of years ago now um, when the pandemic first started, but we wanted a way to help businesses out. And what a better way than to help build the foundation for their online business, uh, which is their website. So 
We just have the privilege of helping small business owners with building free websites. So if you have a business uh, and you don't have a website or you need a new one, go to our website, submit your information, and we'd love to help you out. Awesome. Our A Advanced Septic Pump You Up quote of the day. So I asked Desmond for a quote, and this is what he came with, came up with. Failure is not an option. It is a choice. So when I asked you to give me a motivational quote, what motivated you to give that particular quote? Oh, man, um, I think it's important, especially in, the, in entrepreneurship or being a business owner or being a problem solver in general, that you really only fail when you choose to stop pursuing something. Now, making a pivot is something different. That means you're, you're, you're um, analyzing the data that you're giving and you're making a calculated decision. So sometimes people like to make decisions emotionally, like ah, this, this, I'm a loser or I, I, I fell on my face or I can't do this. And then they just give up. And that's to me, failure, right? When you make that emotional you know, decision. So it all comes down to choices. And every single day, we all have the choice to keep going and process the, uh, the feedback that we're giving and make decisions based upon that feedback, not that emotional trigger from the tension from, from, from that failure. So I wanted to share something like that with you guys here today. And I often do that at a grocery store. You know, they say, don't shop when you're hungry, but I oftentimes do that. So my emotional triggers will trigger things I should be I shouldn't be buying, but I end, up do, I end up doing. So some of those mimic those emotional triggers. We come to our Fuse Network's Did You Know segment. So manage IT service destroys downtime. We live in a time where technology management is confusing, and it's mostly because every business has different strengths, needs, and budgets to work around. What works for one business won't work for another, and what works for a large enterprise certainly won't do the trick for a small business. How do you cut through all the noise and get technology assistance for your business needs? The answer, manage IT services. Contact Fuse Networks today for a free consultation. So our first stat that we're going to have, this kind of intriguing, and this is why we have Desmond on this episode today, is a plus 40% booking rate by appointment setters. So that's a pretty significant number. Uh, Talk to us about that, please. Yeah, yeah. So this comes down to timing. Right. So as soon as you get an inquiry into your business in terms of like someone's opting in or, you know, reaching out by phone call, the appointment setter's job is to push this person down the path of the sales process as fast as humanly possible, because nine times out of 10, they're also exploring different options mm-hmm. like your competitors or alternative uh, solutions that are maybe, you know, different in terms of philosophy or execution. So it's like it's it's having a sense of urgency to book that appointment, right? And that's how, and 40% to me is that great metric based upon some historical data from other clients where you're really, you know, setting up your pipeline to be successful for some sustainable growth, you know, over a long period of time. So that's why I got, that's where I got that number. Is this for specific industries or just as a whole? Um, I would say it's more for a function in terms of inbound leads, right? Like you have some type of inbound function. yeah, 40%. So outbounds obviously is going to be a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're, you're cold and, you're, and you're, you're trying to jumpstart. But these are people who made some type of inquiry, bought a purchase, bought something, opted in, raised their hand saying, I'm interested in something. So if people are, if businesses out there are spending money to get leads, you're saying this is so essential because it's speed to lead. You just can't leave someone hanging when they say, hey, I'm interested because people are probably so impatient. You don't get to them. 
the next competitor will scoop them up, right? So Exactly. So it's like, yo, if you're below 40%, that means you're leaving six or seven people on the table who ra- raise their hand. Like, that's huge red flag. Like, that should get it like that's should get any business owner like okay we have to fix this this hole in our process somehow like asap mm-hmm. right because take a bunch of money you're compounding and leaving on the table with those opportunities all right this next one a plus 80 percent show up rate for screening so not only do we have a set rate that we just talked about with 40 percent a show up rate i've been on many appointments you schedule them yeah we'll meet people forget or they ghost you especially in this pandemic Zoom era, you know, a lot of no-show appointments. Talk to me about this stat. Yeah, so no-show rate really just gives you an idea of like how re- like qualified is this person, how ready is this person, and also how uh, uh, aware are they, solution aware. Um, so if, you know, if you have a below 80%, I mean, 75% is not that bad if you're doing a lot of volume, but it, it's pretty much once again a gauge of, how bad does your customer want to get this particular problem solved or this desired outcome achieved? And then it also gives you feedback on um, how well are your systems? Like, are you doing uh, confirmations or like, are you doing educational content? Like, are you like, what's, what else is going on behind the scenes before they get on the call? So if you have a really bad show rate that gives you feedback on, are we even getting the best leads in terms of, uh, like in their buying intent journey, like, is it, is it coming from Google, uh, I don't know, Google, you know, click ads, is it coming from Facebook ads? Are these coming from email ads? Are these coming from just organic content? So that show up rate just gives you really good feedback on the kind of quality of customer and how well you're, um, you know, nurturing them in the process in your system. So I think 80%, you're never gonna have a perfect one, man. I mean, especially if you're doing volume, things come up, people's, you know, kids, things like that. But 80% is like a really good gauge to see, you know, how well, you know, the quality of your, your, your systems and processes are. All right. So the last stat, a plus 40% close rate for closers. So when I read this quote, I mean, the classic sales movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Alec Baldwin, coffee is for closers. You know, I won't drop any um, rated R NC-17 language along with that. Um, but talk to me about this. You know, everyone wants to be a closer you know, it's, it's harder on the phone. So talk to me about this stat. Man, I could talk about this all day, but I'll keep it brief. So the, I would say the, the average, average Joe, no offense to Joe over here, Joe's my man, but you know, to to, to the average guy, 20%, like anyone should be able to do 20%. If you have a decent product that solves a very clear uh, problem for a specific client, you Mm -hmm. should probably close at least two out of 10 clients. Easy. Right. Um, 40% 40% to me is the new normal in terms of like actually like having, you know, a sustainable business that can, you know, survive any market and, you know, you can actually invest in leads and have a maybe somewhat of competitive edge. Usually to get to 40%, it, the difference between 20 and 40, no joke, don't laugh guys, is follow up. It's like, how well are you at following up with people you made an offer with, Right. Like it's that simple. Even if you didn't get the, if you lost the order to the competition, how well do you follow up with that person? Because you you never know, like, you know, they, they might not deliver in that, that 60 days. They might have buyer's remorse, yeah. right? Like how well do you stay engaged with people that you've already made offers to? Like that's how you bump that, that up. So that's a really good feedback on, is our guys even following up on leads? They right. didn't get into specific 
talented stuff, like you can obviously boost at 40% to, you know, closer to 60. If you have really good skill and, you know, good, uh, let's say promotions and know how to mm-hmm. use logistical bar- boundaries. Right. But I think 40% is a really good barrier to like hold your sales team accountable. Like how well are these guys following up with leads? They should be able to 20% in their sleep. Like how well are they with following up on deals? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We had a previous guest, Casey Jaycox. Um, he wrote a book, uh, win the relationship, not the deal. So like, you know, it's all about follow-up and then how you like you, even if you lose a deal, you can still potentially have it just by follow-up and, um, yeah, just, that just reminded me of that. So before we get into our topic, the forgotten talent of phone sales. So tell us about your podcast and your company. We didn't, we gave a quick intro, but just uh, introduce the company. So we kind of tee you up a little bit more. So yeah, I gave you guys a little quick, little, little taster tester. Um, so Campfire Capitalism is my podcast. I'll just interview entrepreneurs and investors um, from different walks of life. And I really just try to figure out and unpack you know, their zone of genius around how they built the business or built their portfolio and just really just share some of those lessons that they learned along the way with the audience. Um, and we, you know, interview Green Berets and, you know, like marketers. I mean, the, again, a, a diverse, diverse, diverse group of people. Now, well, what I do for every day, my, my main company is uh, CXO Republic. And I essentially offer like fractional sales leadership services and uh, like access to different types of software solutions like tech stacks and um, recruitment. So the whole idea is to really generate revenue. We only work with people with uh, proven offers and products that have evidence of sell, um, that their clients come back and buy from them. Because that means that they're mm-hmm. delivering really great services and it's the easiest thing to um, you know, really, 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 really un- unlock um, in terms of sales because you're just leveraging that social proof and the, that customer experience to unlock more value so you can do more things in the front end to capture them, like with promotions and all different types of stuff. Um, but yeah, we're on a sales agency and I really, I really want to help people manage their sales teams, build their sales teams and, and make more money, man. That's what fires me up is making money for people. All right. So the forgotten talent of phone sales. I mean, now, you know, people are getting bombarded with robocalls and, you know, these solicitation calls, but uh, it's still a good way to get a hold of someone because, you know, there's no like, yeah, you you see calls with filters, it could be spam, but if you get a hold of someone, that could be an opportunity. So um, talk to us, man, talk to, talk to our audience about, you know, phone sales. And, you know, we had all these stats teeing it up. Just, just talk to our audience of like, why is it still important? And some tips you yeah. can leave with them. So, yeah. So since this can be literally a twelve-hour talk, I'm going to stay in the same realm of the inbound, since that's kind of the theme of the stats and everything like that. Because I think that is probably more valuable to your listeners if they're getting inbound. Like, how can they convert more money immediately starting mm-hmm. today? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. So um, the first thing I want to definitely touch on is rapport. Is huge. Um, in the first, let's say 20 or 30 seconds of that conversation. So like not answering the phone, like you're lazy or you're tired, but with, uh, some command, right. And then immediately dropping into curiosity energy. I like to say where you're discovering, okay, why are they on the phone? You know, what are, you know, what is their current situation? What are their goals? What are they, or, or they're ultimately trying to achieve and, um, really like 
literally be curious. So sometimes I'll say, hey, just curious. Like, okay, how did that happen if you're a plumber and someone's calling in because, you know, they, you know, they want to have a new pipes in their kitchen or whatever. Like you should be inquiring about, hey, what happened? What have you tried? Like, what are you looking for? What is your budget? And don't be afraid to ask that money question. So like the money question's huge. And then also time question. I think time is probably one of the most underrated um, and unutilized thing that salespeople don't fully grasp of time, right? Like money is all money is a store time. And mm-hmm. if you have a mastery of understanding someone's timeline of like what's happened in the past, and if you marry that with what they want in the future, your ultimate solution is what you're selling is time. You're selling, hey, I'm going to get you this desired outcome in this X amount of time, no matter what industry you're in. And so if you can, you know, really master and ask questions around like that timeline during that conversation, why, as you're getting curious, then that will start to unlock and present more value to the customer. Because mm-hmm. if they say it, there's nothing better when someone says, well, can you do it faster? It's upset. Right. Buying signals, right? You're like, <laughs> yes. ding, 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 ding. ding You're ringing ding, ding. the bell right there. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. What I liked about what you said about asking, talk about money. I think that a lot of salespeople are afraid to talk about money over the phone, but you're also then pre-qualifying the person on the phone. Can they afford you or can they not afford you? Oh, yes. It's all about like how you present that money, the money. Like if you, like if you're coming from a place of, I want to help you win Mm -hmm. and I want to understand you, then like there, it's just going to be a very natural conversation. Now, if you come from it, like, well, how much money do you have? Yeah, of course, that's kind of like, you know, weird, but if you're framing it like, okay, well, what's your, what's your budget? You said you guys want to have it done in a couple of days. Like, what is that, you know, what, what, what money do you have allocated for this particular project? Well, how much money have you spent in the past? Just curious. Like you guys try, you've been doing something for the last two years and nothing's never changed. Like, I mean, how mm-hmm. much have you guys spent so far to get where you are today? Yeah. Right. So there's different clever ways you can ask about money, past and present, uh, past and future. Right. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, when I think about this and like just phone sales, I, I think of like boiler room and like Giovanni Rabisi just trying to, how, how can I get them? You know, you got them, but he uses some of those same elements. Like what you try, obviously it's a big level of trust on phone. So like the report piece is the building trust and then like going in for it. I mean, there's a, I mean, people don't want to hear it, but I mean, if you're the business owner, phone sales, there's a part, there's a ruthlessness and an aggressiveness you have to have. You're not here just to make a phone call, make a friend. You're not. I mean, you're trying to do the right thing for a client, but that uh, closer mentality, a lot of people don't have. That's why they're so, Joe's right. There's so people so turned off and fear things that they're not comfortable with. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge (laughs) mental shift of like, you're not, yes, you want to make money. Like we're in a business to make money. Like we're not in business to, you know, save that. I mean, obviously some people are in business to save the earth, but it needs to make money for people to back it. Bank's not going to give you money right. just because you want to save the earth. But at the same time, we're in business to solve people's problems. So like, if you could stay locked in of like, how can I be of value to this human being on the phone, then sales becomes so much easier. And it's those tough questions are a lot easier to ask because you generally need to know can this person even afford to have their problem be solved? Right. And affordability is another subjective thing because if something's most important enough, people will find the money for it. They'll mm-hmm. call people, they'll go to the bank, they'll get creative. Like if, if, if the problem's big enough, people will find the money. 
especially in America. I mean, I'm traveling the world. Like people in America are crazy with finding money underneath rocks, right? Um, but yeah, man, I think as long as you're obsessed with their desired outcome, the client can feel that too, the prospect. Like, and they'll, like, they'll feel that energy, especially if you're really curious about them, they'll feel it. And that will deepen the rapport. And here, here's a little, I'll give your audience some. So if you're struggling out there with this, I'm, I'm gonna give you something that you can literally do today. And this, this is so sick. It's my favorite thing to teach. Repeat, listen with the, listen with the intention of repeating back what you heard and then ask a question about what you just repeated. I, if you just did that one little hack, your rapport will go through the roof of whoever you're talking with. That will put you in the 1% of salespeople because most salespeople don't listen. They interrupt people. So repeat that one more time for our audience. <laughs> you know, I think uh, uh, this is something, yeah, we'll create like a media soundbite for, but yeah, give it to us one more time. I will listen with the intention of repeating back exactly what you heard. And then once you repeat back or summarize what you heard, then follow up with another question to go deeper. That by itself will deepen rapport. It will give you some momentum and curiosity. And um, they'll feel like they've known you their entire life. Like, wow, like it, you, you'll be surprised how much voluntary information they'll give you. And then here's another, another benefit of this. This will also keep you disciplined and staying in the call because have you ever asked someone a question and they don't answer it, but they give you a long answer with something else? Like, yes. It, it, yes, that's because your question you asked didn't have context. So this allows you also to follow up with a question that's directly connected to exactly what they just said to keep them focused on driving down the line of the sale and getting ultimately to the, the mutual desired outcome, which is you solving their problem, which is why they're on the phone in the first place. Is there any, <laughs> is there any secret to the environment that they're in? Like for, let me give you an example. Like, uh, like a client we have is a heating company and the mm -hmm. people who uh, are talked to like people on the phone, they literally do the old school method of they have a mirror that sits in front of their, like on the wall in front of them. And they look at themselves while they're talking on the phone. So that way they notice if, Hey, if I'm smiling, I come up across more positive to people, but if I'm not smiling, then I come, come across more, more negative and maybe I don't want to interact with that person. Is there any like tricks for people to maybe change their environment? Um, that's a that's a good one. I, I'm a big fan. Like I don't use the mirrors, but I use like different like sticky notes in front of me mm -hmm. to keep me focused. Like it's not about me, it's about them. It's like what what do I not know? Like, or you know, what I mean, like I put little things in front of me to like make sure my energy is directed towards being curious about them. Cause I think that as a salesperson, that is your biggest asset is your curiosity and your empathy, right? Cause the deeper you can connect with someone, doesn't matter if you're selling heaters, if you're selling services, like if some other person feels as if you're connected with this person, they, they, like they trust you, your yeah. price doesn't matter. Right. 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 Cause you can get the job done. Right. So I think just having things that you want, like messages or energy that you want to uh, 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 project on that call, I think having sticky notes in front of you helps you get into that state. That's what me personally. And I teach my, some of my guys do this. They have notes of like, you know, what they do around them, but I'm a big fan of that. So as, you, as, you, as you've seen different businesses that you've worked with or like consulted or trained sales teams, are there 
like one or two things you see a lot of businesses doing wrong um, that you that you observed? Yes, I think what's crazy, man, the patterns. I think the biggest one um, is not maximizing their like not being focused and not maximizing the sales opportunities that are presented. Like the most common thing I hear was still, oh, the leads are bad. Or like, there's always complaining about the leads. And it's like, man, like it's so much, it's, it's so much more than like the leads, right? It's like, how can you maximize the opportunities that you do have? Like, are you literally squeezing as much juice out of these limits? And then also going a step deeper with those leads, asking for referrals. It's, you'd be surprised how many businesses don't ask for referrals. Like, even if the person's not a good fit, like, hey, do you, do you know of anyone that, yeah, who could be interested? It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, you can always right. ask for referrals or even set yourself up with um, sending. So a lead comes in, they do something with someone else. Okay, great. I'm going to send out a flyer, a targeted flyer to him and maybe five, his five neighbors around him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think like doing little things like that, like just going deeper, like not just saying, oh, he didn't buy and just throw that lead into the, you know, to the desk. It's like, okay, how can we continue to stay in front of these people? How can we continue to go deeper into these people's network? How can I continue to provide value? So just being obsessed with that leads to, you know, better outcomes. So I think that the whole lead conversation is probably the biggest thing I see with people who aren't really crushing it, or they're doing like plateau or status quo, so to speak, Mm -hmm. year over year, month over month, is that they're not have a sense of urgency to maximize every single lead that they get. Is that's a, a culture thing? Yeah. Is there specific industries that do better with phone sales? In your opinion, high ticket for sure. The higher the ticket, the lo- like the more it's in. The, I guess a consumable like behavior. Mm-hmm. So like people who pay over and over again to a certain degree for something um, tend to do really well um, with the with phone sales better because they have more flexibility on how they get them in because the lifetime value of the customer is a lot higher so they can get more mm-hmm. creative with urgency tactics and um, small wins, I like to say. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best, so like high LTV clients because you can be a lot more creative and have a lot different kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. The dynamics of the conversation is about more about long-term, right? Because they're buying something over and over again or things like that. Um. Also that do really, really well is services, man, obviously, right? Like any services business can crush it with phone sales because it's, you know, you're selling a service. So you're like that trust factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so is that like service, like, yeah. like SaaS companies or like physical services also? I, I hate to say this, but I think physical service, like uh, physical services or, or like uh, professional services, to me, do better than software because software should be able to sell itself. You need a lot of product marketing and so in order to capture more of the buying power as that customer in tranches. Like a lot of, I hate to say this, man, but like I've worked with different tech companies. I'm like, you know, I'm being courted for, from a, the tech company right now. And they literally like, it's freaking amazing the, uh, the lack of synergy between product marketing and sales execution. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to be honest, a software company should be able to sell this product by, like, if the product should sell itself and the sales yeah. team's got theirs to, to verify the more customer service base, 
than a professional service guy. A professional service guy is, you know, you're really competing and you're trying to differentiate yourself on the relationship so that you're not selling on price and commoditizing yourself, right? With all these other people who are offering similar services. So I think it's better for, for those guys um, than software. That's my hot take on that. I know that's pro- people probably think differently, but it's, I'm <laughs> no, so software. Why <laughs> that's why I asked. So, yeah. 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 Usually software companies who need sales, like who, who, who rely heavily on phone sales mm-hmm. probably don't have great products. Put it bluntly. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're covering for themselves, I guess. Right. Yeah. Compensating. Fashion, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's some good stuff. I mean, I'll say it again. He said it twice, but listen with intention of repeating back exactly what you heard and then follow up and go deeper. That way you're using some of the what the client said as ammo or the prospect and turning it around. And then it's just a psychological thing. When you hear something that you said, it's harder for you to put up a wall to say, I'm not interested when you just quoted their words back. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of uh, that. Yeah, that kind of ninja sales tactic. So very cool. Well, thank, I mean, like you said, we could talk for hours on sales. This is definitely a cool topic. So thanks for joining us. But before we go, Joe, one more plug, hashtag Valor Cares initiative. Yeah. So if you own a business and let's say your website's outdated or you don't have one in general, because you're just starting a, starting your business up, we would love to uh, talk to you and learn a little bit more about your business. So go to askvalormasterminds.com, go to the Valor Cares page, submit your information, and then a team of people pick a couple different winners every single month. Awesome. And Desmond, your Campfire Capitalism podcast, it's available everywhere, right? Where podcasts and are found, I assume. Yep. They're everywhere. Check it out. CampfireCapitalism.com, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Awesome. So on behalf of our sponsors, A Advanced Septic Services and Fuse Networks, my name is Galen. And I'm Joe. Coming at you from the BD Local Studios in Tacoma, Washington. Mr. Desmond Dixon, thank you for joining us from all the way in Indonesia. Would love to have you back sometime if you're willing, but uh, thank you for joining us. And thanks everyone for watching, listening to this episode of the Ask Valor Masterminds podcast.